Okay. Hey, Matthew, um, are you spying on us? I am spying on you. I'm surveillancing everything you say right now. And You're rather turn lucky it, that I'm not in Massachusetts. I will turn it all into the shadow government if you all are not careful. Welcome I, to it, the NSA official podcast. You listen yeah. to us while we listen to you. Always. Forever. That's we not what this actually is. That's a lie. Oh, what, what are we? Well, should, should we open with our theme song? That, oh, yeah. we make okay, up, that we make up differently every single time. All right, brace yourself for the theme song, guys. Are you right, ready? Kevin, dro- drop a beat or something. Or like anything boom. else. Ska, 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 boom. Ska, 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 boom. Ska, 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 boom. Ska, 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 boom. Ska, ska, boom. Ska, ska, boom. And Matthew and Jake Martin and Matthew Johnson. Look at all these people all over the place. We're going to talk about Star Wars and maybe other stuff. Kaboom. Well, it wasn't bad up until that last moment. That uh, <laughs> last phrasing was a little bit. Uh, Jake Martin's over there with the Russian judge at the uh, at the ice skating event. Mm, three out of ten. Oh, you uh, didn't give it a three. I was gonna give it a two. Huh? The Russians are hard on this this year, man. Friggin' comedies. <laughs> Damn. Dude. All right, welcome to the Nerd Roundtable with Kevin and Matthew Percival, and with our special guests, Mr. Jake Martin and Matthew Johnson. Yeah. How's it Yay. going, y'all? Hey, hey guys. Here. Yeah, you know what? I should go close my door real quick. I'll be right back. This bit will be edited out, I promise. <laughs> I say we make some really good content right here so that he can't edit it out. Sounds good. All right. Oh, wow. I like that. Uh, so, uh, hey, guys, that was a really wonderful um, anyway. philosophy you had there, Jake. I thought that was really um, beautiful. My headphones yeah, it was amazing that I could uh, articulate it in a matter of seconds. I feel like it really changed my life forever, and anybody who missed out on that is going to be sorely disappointed. It's I true. still don't quite understand how you can, what's the word, combine the metaphysics of those two philosophies in such an elegant way. Well, I think just... it's funny how the metaphysical and the pataphysical seem to combine in such a, I don't know, an enlightening manner. I love the way how he took uh, Nietzsche's philosophy of the the turning quarter and seemed to twist it into kind of like a, a modern Zen context. I don't know what's going on. Matthew, it's okay. You didn't miss anything. Okay, good. That's nice. Anyway, it's, it's just um, it's just a reimagining a reimagining of Diogenes and cynicism. So, oh, of course, of course. I'm gonna pretend I know what all that means. So, uh, how's everyone doing today? Well, we're really good until you edited out the best part of the show. But you know, um, guys, I'm trying nice. to make a point where I can edit, and it looks like nothing happened, and you're ruining it. <laughs> 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 Radio magic. You guys keep referencing it, and it's gonna make a heart. I'll probably just leave all this in now. At you this guys point. remember that part of the show that? <laughs> you guys remember that part of the show when Matthew had to explain that he's trying to edit things? Yeah. <laughs> Too bad he edited that out. Okay, we're gonna talk about Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars today. That's what we're doing. Oh, hey, we should probably do an intro to our Star Wars conversation. Yeah, good point. Should we make up some song that describes Star Wars? No, no, we, like we just we just start off with the same way you start off everything Star Wars. Oh yeah, a long time <laughs> ago with people in various states away. Bow 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 There was a time of great chaos in the nerd roundtable. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens had come out. Some people in the podcast thought it was pretty good. Some people did not like it very much. They will now talk about that in this episode of the Nerd Roundtable. So I thought Force Awakens was pretty good. 
Yeah, no, I actually, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, and I know what we're here today, though. And Matthew and I will 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 go into our super positive points. But I want to hear in five words or less, real quick, from Jake and Matthew Johnson, uh, your opinions on the film. Jake, you first. Oh, are we? I thought we were gonna do Rogue One. Uh, um, well, well, we'll get to that. But you know, it's kind of we'll like, do that later. You know, Force Awakens. You know, it's come out on DVD recently, and it's been out long enough now where like the hype and like just the pure emotional high around its release has kind of died down. I feel like so now you can kind of have like a little retrospective look back at it a little more objectively. Um, Five words or less. I liked four things. Oh, ooh. Ooh, and you said and you said and you said four words. Very nice. That was very solid. That was solid. I was honestly counting on my fingers because math is hard for Matthew. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta keep track. You gotta keep well, track. That's a good way. This is why you're a liberal arts major and I'm a science major. That's it. One of us has to count on their fingers and the other one doesn't. That's what separates the the mathy from the arty. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, I was gonna see what Jake's thoughts on the movie were. <laughs> okay. It was funny Star Wars. It was. That was kind of a pleasant surprise for me that it actually had a pretty good sense of humor. Probably a, a better sense of humor than any of the other Star Wars movies I can think of. Return of the Jedi had Ewoks. They did it's have true. they did have Ewoks, which were funny. Oh, but but were they funny? All of them. Yeah, then so they started sorry. dying. I just realized that kind of happens with every like comedic relief alien race in the Star Wars movies. Except for the massacre? one that needed to. No, the Gungans got messed up too, remember? Yeah, they're not Jar Jar. I mean, Jar 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 didn't die, but you know, Wicked didn't die in Return of the Jedi, so you know, it's about the same. Well, you can't yeah, kill both, both, Davis. both like both silly, sure. funny races got just like mercilessly slaughtered by the bad guys at one point. Comedy. The Wookiees <laughs> also got murdered, and they're but they're not really comedy, but but oh, they're cuddly kinda, in their true. way. This is true; they're very, very cuddly, but they'll rip your arms off. George Lucas has something like really against his own adorable creations. He's like, you know what? Maybe kids will buy these toys if they think they're all going to get massacred if they don't. Do you think that maybe George Lucas has a thing against furries? Oh, that may be what the whole thing with the whole Star Wars universe Did is. Did furries exist when... Return of the Jedi was made. I mean, sure, uh, Matthew. Had- of course they did. But the problem was, is that when George Lucas really got against them, he just stopped hiring them for his movies and replaced them all with CGI. Ah, mm. that was it. He's like, see, Very now, now I have, now I have the technology to never work with these freaks again. He actually thought that everybody from Industrial Light and Magic were just a bunch of furries, when actually they were, you know, people in costumes. <laughs> he's like, I like him walking. He's like, hey, George, we want to show you the work we've been doing for Return of the Jedi. Look at the look at the uh, the Ewok outfits. You people make me sick. <laughs> uh, what you you want us to? You disgust me, you monsters. So, Jake Martin, you found it, so you, it was funny Star Wars. Yes. So, does that I mean you enjoyed it? Five words. Yeah, I enjoyed that was it. That was good. That was a good, uh, it's a good film. I'd give it maybe like eight out of ten. Yeah, okay. Four out of five. Three out of, uh, maybe even three and a half stars out of four. I don't know. Make a decision. Which rating system will you use? I. How many thumbs? Let's add them all up. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, I'll just be the Russian judge, and I'll give it two out of ten. Now, that's the one I've been waiting to hear. Okay, so Matthew Johnson has given it a two out of ten, and this is the reason we were excited to talk to Matthew Johnson, is you did not enjoy the movie. Not only did I not enjoy the movie, I went in hoping and wanting to love this movie. 
and I still could not love it. Ooh, elaborate. Well, for the reasoning why, let's take a look at Disney and its work with the Marvel films. Pretty much all of them have been spot on, if a little casual compared to how the comics are overall, but they were all a lot of fun. They were all a good introduction to who these people are. This was essentially a remake of the original film, but lesser. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Wait, what do you mean it, it's just like A New Hope? I mean, the plot of the movie is that a young, plucky adventurer from a desert planet gets uh, picked up in a Millennium Falcon and flies away. And After ends finding, up finding a droid out with a secret. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. right, they yeah. droid with a secret, and they, and they discover that they got like force sensitivity, and then they end up going and flying and destroying a, a, a giant uh, planet-destroying uh, war machine. I see no similarities at all there. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. Yeah, not one. Now you can guess which movie I was describing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this was Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you, should, you compare it to The Last Airbender? Oh, you're coming to the plot. The pl- yeah, I just realized the Airbender plot is pretty similar. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's the just basic Star Wars. Uh, journey story, right? Yeah, Hero's oh, Journey, and, and, Joseph Campbell, that all that for jazz. Me, and that, for me, is why the uh, similarities, while they did kind of give me like a little funny feel, because this is a movie that, while I enjoyed it a lot, when I when the movie was finished, I did feel a bit of disappointment. It was the best disappointing movie I've seen in a long time. That's kind of how I feel about J.J. Abrams' work overall. It's like yeah. he is he is a super competent director. He's a very he's a really good Absolutely. filmmaker, but he's also just like every single one of his movies just about is him like mimicking the style and like the movies of other people he's the best mimicker in the biz his work is great at what's the word his work is great at spectacle but not so much as under understanding the style and what is actually going on well i feel like actually stylistically he did a lot of things that i really enjoyed like the uh, the writing i felt was i mean like at least dialogue wise was competent it was actually one of the, the most the writing, enjoyable I the, films I thought the writing you know not getting into the story which was definitely messy at points but just like the dialogue oh, yeah. itself was probably the best of the star wars movies we've ever had absolutely it, it definitely think- felt the most natural Absolutely. Uh, I think I haven't laughed at too many Star Wars movies before, and I did with this one. Um, but what it really comes down to that I feel like is maybe the um, the eh factor is that everything that happened in the movie was exactly what prior to going in. I was like, you know what? I could really see them doing this to play it safe. <laughs> Hope they don't do that. And they did it on like all counts. Yeah, it just it played it safe the entire time, which was definitely pretty disappointing that, you know, the movie ended and I, you know, I thought about, I was like, oh, OK, well, I guess I guess I, I feel like I've seen that movie before. And it, it makes, you know, going back to watch it again a bit of a bummer because there's just not a lot of like twisting and turning to it. It's just, you know, you've been here before. You've been here a lot. And you'll I don't probably need... go back, watch episode four and you'll be there again. <clears throat> exactly. Absolutely. And I don't need a lot of twists and turns with Star Wars because the original movies were very simple the plots were very basic return of the jedi was basically just a it was a horribly plotted movie i mean the movie actually doesn't start its actual plot structure until midway through the film yep. after their strange trip to tatooine again <laughs> to play with <laughs> java so and space slug yeah that, that really is, is so weird in hindsight you know when, you, when you've grown up with the movie it's like whatever they gotta go save han 
but it's not until you really stop to like go how long were they there again it's like that should have been like a scene <laughs> it really yeah, it was, did not need to be half of the movie no yeah you've, well, you've got a fair point that did not mean well then i think long as it no not a bit i think then george lucas did this thing he goes oh i finished my swashbuckling adventure on tattooing guess we'll go blow up a death star again yeah, so Force Awakens, we we can all at least agree that the Force Awakens, it it just it played it far too safe, which I'm hoping with uh, Episode Seven, whatever it's going to be called, not, not Episode Seven, Episode Eight, whatever it's going to be called, with uh, Rian Johnson as the director, hopefully it doesn't play it near as safe because Rian Johnson I think is a much better filmmaker than Abrams. He's a very different filmmaker, so I'm hoping that similar to the original trilogy when they when they brought in Irvin Kershner. Uh, you know, by bringing in a much, much more talented filmmaker, they'll take the series in um, exciting new directions. You know, that might be the first bit of good news I've heard. Yeah, no, Rian Johnson, yeah, he's the guy who did a Looper, so he's he's a talented oh, dude. No. That movie was solid. Yeah. Yes, he uh, was. When did that movie come out? I think I was busy at the time and didn't get to go see that. Um, I want to say 2013. That may be wildly incorrect, but it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like a time, he's like a time traveling hitman or something like that. Or people like his gangsters like send uh, targets like back in time to him and he kills them. Yeah, but then the, you know, but then the people in the future send back himself from the future. So he has to fight himself. It's It's kind of like. It's kind of like Twilight Zone meets Terminator meets the best Bruce Willis impression ever done. Yeah, that movie's excellent. So I'm very, very hopeful for episode eight that it'll be something fresh. Well, that's actually what I wanted to talk about is that um, whatever our opinions with Force Awakens, uh, it's, it is exciting that Star Wars is back. But what are you guys thinking going forward? Like, what do you want to see in this new Star Wars universe we have going because I know we'll all miss the extended universe. And we can do a whole episode talking about the extended universe. Yeah, there's the a goods lot. and bads. I know, but it's so fun. Um, but I wanted to kind of like figure out what everyone's feelings were going forward about what they want to see with Star Wars now. I was just thinking about this. And who is going to be the villain? Because in episode four, you really didn't have anything to base it on whenever the Death Star gets destroyed. So yeah, there could there's like an entire world course on they talk about it that is where the Imperials are, but with, like, this kind of, like, rogue element, former Empire thing, right. what, the, what is it called again? The First Order. The, uh, first Order. The first Order. Completely unmemorable, in my opinion. But who, I, I realize that they're still going to have uh, a place to play, but I'm confused exactly how this little, tiny, evil Empire oh, group... Are going I, to be a, a threat? Yeah, I mean, it's a More galaxy shape, but... How did they get the material necessary to turn an entire planet, mind you, into a super weapon. Hey guys, yeah, I, actually, I, actually have, I actually have the answer, maybe. <gasps> At least a theoretical answer, because I did some research. Perfect, do it. Um, so what happened is, post the fall of the Empire, a lot of former elements of the Empire began warring among themselves on the Outer Rim, and then as the Republic came together in the center of the galaxy this Outer Rim system began to come under this kind of, like, radical leader. So it's a small group, but what happened was they basically escaped the system and they signed a treaty with the Republic, basically saying that we won't mess with you if you don't mess with us. Then, of course, the First Order leaves the system, 
and are not heard of for some time. And in that time, they began invading and amassing an army outside the system and developing more and more powerful weaponry and, and machinery um, by using like old sh- the Empire had laying around. Uh, which is why the First Order, when they do come back, looks a lot like if all of the Empire's equipment came back like on steroids, like everything's bulky mm-hmm. and mean looking is because while they don't have the numbers that the old empire did, they came back ready for a fight. And so what they've been doing is they've been taking over outer rim territories, kind of putting them under heel. And the Republic is so kind of like a scattered mess right now, just trying to get their government in order. They just haven't had the means to fight them. And officially they still have a peace treaty with the first order. So the Republic put their money behind this unofficial resistance so they could combat the first order on the DL. That's the part where the origin falls apart to me, because let's just say they only put a very, very small portion of the budget towards forming this resistance. Why does the resistance only have about 10, 14 X-Wings? I think think the idea was maybe they're trying to like take the Star Wars universe and make it more intimate. But the thing is, the Star Wars universe has always been like there's the one big problem I've always seen with Star Wars is that the universe seems so tiny because there seems to only be like six people in it and they're all Skywalkers. Okay, but here's (laughs) the the concern was that Rey would be uh, Luke's daughter and according to Abrams, at least something I saw earlier today on the Reddit, um, it looks like Abrams is indicating that it's not going to be the Skywalker family adventure. That'd be nice. Um, oh, I, easily done. Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Boom. Fun canceled. That's that's what I think it is. But um, <laughs> that is actually what I think it is. It's, or something along those lines. Did but um, I mean, that, that, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> Did you see that goatee? That guy was all over. Fanfic. Oh, yeah. I know. I they fanfic. found the fan fiction, Jake. No, I, I yeah, I don't think I don't think Ray's gonna be related to Luke Skywalker because that's too easy. Um, if if she is, that's pretty disappointing. But on the other hand, Abrams indicating that does not mean anything because he straight up lies about that stuff all the time. Case in point, Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek Two, where every, where you know they show him he's not every, Khan. He's everyone's like, oh look, it's Khan, and he goes, what? No, it's not. That's not Khan. Don't be silly. That's ridiculous. And then it's to, Khan, to fair, and everyone's both like, "Star Trek films were basically a remake of uh, the first two Star Trek films. They were they were remakes of the Star Trek films if they were made by a Star Wars fanboy." Yep, kind of. Yeah, I mean, Abrams has said when he's talked about Star Trek, he's like, "I didn't like Star Trek growing up, so when they gave me this, I turned them into Star Wars." <laughs> and then he goes, "And Wait, that's why if he didn't were... like Star Trek. Why did he take the job? Because it it was a big gig, that's probably." Fair. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good movie. Well, the first one was pretty good. Anyway, um, what were we talking I about before dumb. we went off on a Star Trek tangent? Oh, like where we went, like Australia. We talked about Australia. Oh, that was yeah, it. Dinosaur Island. I love it. Australia. We were talking but, um, about uh, Ray's parentage, and um, um, before that, it was something about the First Order. Yeah, my thing with the first with the first First Order and the whole just like power dynamic in the Force Awakens. I just feel like it would have been a lot easier and way less like confusing. They just need to cut the resistance thing all together and just have, it be, just, have it, just have it be the Republic and then have the resistance thing for this next episode. If you really want to like revert back to the uh, 
whole you know rebel empire thing which seems that to me that's what it felt like they were trying to do they just wanted they to could ca- have yeah. waited till their planet got blown up and yeah exactly been a and, resistance yeah they've because it was just kind of weird that they had this weird like relationship between the republic and the resistance and then you know halfway through the movie they blow up the republic's core systems anyway so it's like oh i guess we've just hit the reset button anyway now it's just back to rebel empire so what was the point yeah, there that- wasn't they that one never really reset anything because they started off as a rebellion. They became a resistance. I was like, nothing has changed. Yeah, the whole the whole blowing up those four planets was a part that I was not a big fan of at all. Which is like, oh, you mean the we... fact that you could see it from thousands of light years away in the middle of the day instantaneously? Oh yeah, that was that, well, that was that was goofy, but I rolled with it because rule of cool. But rule um, of cool. The, base uh, lasers, guys, do not get science <laughs> me on my Star Wars. Star Wars is not science. <laughs> it will never. Be it's an science. opera in space. There's no science in Star Wars. It's nonsense. There's a force. There's lightsabers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but my my hopes and fears going forward with the Star Wars franchise, like I'm I'm largely fearful yes. that we'll have Star Wars overload because there's going to be a Star Wars movie every single year, and that's a lot of Star Wars. And there's a pretty low chance that all of those Star Wars movies will be good. But on the other hand, it, it takes Marvel. time to create something that's good. Why do they yeah, think exactly. that they'll be able to accomplish that? Yeah, but on the other hand. I love. I like the idea of these Star Wars anthology films that they're doing. This like what I think they're calling like a Star Wars story, which is a dumb subtitle, but oh, oh well. Yeah. But um, like Rogue One looks like you know it look it looks like extended universe fun. And that, that's yeah. re- that's what it's looking. It like. does. Like they even pulled I'm like hoping. you know in the trailer they had you know they pulled a Grand Admiral Thrawn's white uh, admiral outfit and they gave it to the bad guy. Like that's it's straight up Grand Admiral Thrawn's outfit, and that made me excited. You know, well, I mean, like, they've obviously been looking at Extended Universe stuff and even other content, because if anyone noticed, Kylo Ren is from KOTOR. It's from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, he's That's, Darth Revan. <laughs> he's Darth Revan, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just, just they, did, they just took that design and just tweaked it a bit and said, there we go. Perfect. No one will ever notice. <laughs> no one has ever played the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, and that was the thing that kept me pretty hopeful that, you know, they, you know, they made the extended universe non-canon, but they, they said several times, like in statements and stuff, that that doesn't mean that they're not going to pull from it when they think it would be good. I'm excited. Like, Rogue One, I was very excited for. The first trailer didn't get me too excited, other than the fact that, guys, Donnie Yen in a Star Wars movie. He beat up a stormtrooper with a stick. Oh, I'm so excited. Um... Actually, that was one of the four things that I listed as being good about that movie. Was Donnie Yen? Wait, was I don't know who. Oh, we're talking about the guy that played. Uh, thinking, I was thinking of the. Uh, I was thinking of the one Trader Trooper. Oh, but Trader Trooper was pretty great. Trader. T R A D R. Never forget. I wish he had just shot him. It would have been way quicker. But I love Finn, so it's okay. Finn oh, did but- not make sense to me at all i will no, say I, after watching the movie again since we have it on dvd here now it's his the handling of him going from stormtrooper to good guy is is pretty clumsy yeah it, def, it definitely it should have been better don't forget his complete character and that was the actually that was a plot a line. child soldier he has been raised at at least from toddler age maybe for later but at that point, most elements of personality that would lead him to act the way he did would have been erased. 
Yeah. You'd certainly think so. It, it, I think you can just kind of throw logic out in this case and just kind of look at it from uh, how to make you feel. And it, honestly, I I just didn't really. I kind of got past that. I was like, okay, just whatever. Throw it to the side. Fact that I don't, I can't really get behind this transition. But whatever. Let's see how it plays out. Once he's on Jakku, I'm like, okay, this is when he he starts as a character. All that before it was just getting him to this point. I'm gonna ignore it for the sake of the movie. Well, I also feel like I don't know. I feel like if they had made it about his transition from being a stormtrooper, it would have that could have been a whole movie. It would have been a great movie, but I don't think. It would oh, have it would have been, been fascinating. Sell. Oh yeah, that's a psychological thriller right there. I think I think something something that may have just helped ease the transition for me was if they made it less, it made it feel less like kind of a spontaneous decision he made. It made it more like and something was, that he had yeah. been building up to for a while. If it really did feel like. That was the moment, the way that they shot that. I feel like yeah. that was the moment where he goes, what am I doing? It's like if they made it, you know, that he had been holding resentment for a while, then it would have made more sense. Yeah, as opposed to, I j- that was my first combat, and I was like, hell no! Yeah, yeah it just felt a little wonky. So guys, think- yeah, a lot of our, I, I feel like a lot of our opinions are very similar, flawed but good. Do you guys want to hear a, a super positive opinion of the movie? Yeah. No. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Here, mean, one second. Is it a cat? Are we going to hear a cat's opinion? I've met his cats. They're good people. <laughs> cats are good people. Well, I guess he may be fetching Laurel. That's he probably must what be he's fetching doing. Laurel. Oh, I hear someone. Okay, so guys, last time when we did Speed Racer, we brought in Laurel to destroy the movie that Matthew and I loved. <laughs> and um, I brought her back to tell us her opinion on Force Awakens. Hi, All Laurel. Right. Hi, Laurel. Hi, Laurel. Can I hear what they're saying? Yeah, here. I'll give you the earplug. And so, guys, are you ready? I'm Hi. Right. Hi. Hello. Hi, Laurel. How's it going, dudes? It's going so good. What'd you think of the Star Warses? Okay. I know that you guys disagree, but I loved it. <laughs> okay, we didn't. We're we actually saying we didn't love it. Actually, we're saying we have oh, issues with it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there are issues with it. But, like, on the whole, Star Wars is back. Like, I. You two know me. Well, you all know me. And I respond very highly emotionally to things. <laughs> and I I had like a really strong like emotional connection with this one because it felt it felt the same. You know, I, I don't know if you guys got that too, but like I thought like that was what was missing from all of the prequels is even though they were they Star were Wars, heartless. they didn't feel like Star they Wars. They had no soul. They were completely soulless. This one had characters that you felt for, people that, like, you could connect to. I mean, they basically took the cast and of characters in the entire storyline of the older movies and just replaced them with new people. Like, <laughs> you have Finn and Rey, who are kind of, like, both Luke Skywalkers. Luke Skywalkers. Then you have Poe, who is Han. <gasps> what? Well, shut up. Why did they replace Han? What? Why did they replace Han? Because they need the newer, younger versions, basically. I mean, here's here's what I took away from it. It was a tip of the hat to the old ones, and it was a reverent sort of salute saying goodbye to the old ones, especially with... Have you guys discussed spoilers? I just did. You did? I just... You just said the, mo- the, movie, the movie's been out long enough. We can... <laughs> okay. It's been two okay. weeks. Oh, yeah. Here, here, real quick. Okay. We'll do it. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. We're going to tell you that Han Solo gets stabbed with a lightsaber. <laughs> by, his everyone, uh, by his own kid, Kylo Ren. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, go ahead, also, Laurel. Say the spoiler. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the fact that Han Solo dies, who's like 
everyone's, you know, the ultimate hero, except for Luke, who is my hero personally. I love Luke. But, like, you know, it, they were, I felt like it was a, even, even if it had its problems and plot holes and R2-D2 and whatever with him <laughs> just popping up at the end, because that didn't make any You didn't like Deus Ex R2 sense. at the end? Deus Ex R2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like... Yes, they just completely recast the characters entirely, but it, it it felt like a respectful nod to the past and then a stepping into the future of what they're going to be doing. It was a transitional movie, and they had to take gentle steps with this one because the last three were such catastrophic f**k-ups, and like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they. I, I feel like they had to. I feel like he he took... Yeah, he took the safe route, but I feel like it was smarter, and you know now he can take more chances. You know, I don't know. I love Finn and I love Ray, and I just want to hug them and tell them how wonderful they are, and they're adorable. I just no, love I, them. I'm right there with you when it comes to Finn and Ray. I walked out of there being yeah. like, man, those two are. I'm so excited to see what they get up to going forward. Right, and and Maz, like I did like Maz. Come on, she's awesome. I mean, she's the new Yoda. AKA, AKA, AKA Yoda. AKA new Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> it is I, the Yoda without ears. <laughs> Seriously, and cuter glasses. And so I feel like if you look at it from a get it, we get what you did, you replaced them. But I think what really got it for me that afterwards let me get over my disappointment was I was like, Oh, but Star Wars is back, and it feels like Star Wars again. It does. Maybe we can finally have movies that are. It had Star a Wars-y. sense of humor. It had a sense of humor and again. And swashbuckling. And swashbuckling. It was an epic, heroic tale of, of you know, of becoming and, and like, this coming-of-age story. And that's exactly what Star Wars was. It, it's a coming-of-age story. And it's, you know, young people finding their courage and standing up to the big bad guys. That's all it's ever been. That's like, right. Don't... Young people standing up to their fathers and stabbing them with lightsabers. Obviously. I got yeah. the point of that. Everybody's I didn't get that do it feeling eventually. at all from it is the weird thing, though. Oh, no. So what, did you, what, 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 what was it that, uh, that, that you felt? I just got this feeling that they weren't really sure how to direct this movie. They kept trying and they kept trying, but it, it didn't feel like there was anything to the story. Was it because they didn't try anything new? Because one thing I did notice when we were watching... Oh, no, no, no. Making... If, if, if it was just them redoing old stuff, I can live with that. I've loved a lot of movies that are just redos of previous movies. This one just felt like they weren't trying. Yeah, I can, I can see what you mean by that, because it was very safe. It was very safe. And I feel like a lot of that was, when I was watching the the making of, they have a lot of interviews with um, Lucasfilm's new CEO. I can't remember her name. Oh, she's creepy. Yeah, and she like and, and she is very much a... She's a business woman. Is create by committee. It's pick, it's pick the best and brightest and have them as a committee find the best choices to make the best film. And you can definitely feel those vibes in yeah. the movie. But I think... Matthew, at least for me, what Johnson? There's two Matthews. I just realized there are really confusing. No, 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 no. no. Just, just keep referring us to us as Matthew, and hope that we confuse (laughs) the hell out of everyone. Excellent. So, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. uh, I think what helped me get over that kind of feeling of oh, this is so safely and corporately put together was that what was a lot of at least causing me to feel that kind of disappointy feeling was that no matter what they would have done 
my hopes were way too it high. It never would have been good enough. <laughs> it exactly. never would have been good enough. Because when I watched Star Wars the first time I was a kid and it was magical, I, you know, me and Matthew would stay up till like wee hours of the night pretending to be TIE fighter pilots because yeah. we were horrible children, I guess. The first one of its kind, <laughs> honestly. I mean, like, it was, it was a whole new beast. And, you know, like, going back to the... I, Going back to the practical effects, the fact that it was a tangible that was world, smart. that they they did slight touches of CGI that just enhanced it, but they didn't take away from the character of it, you know? Like, uh, 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 what's-his-name was actually in a giant suit as... Um, Simon Pegg. Oh, Simon, yeah, Simon Pegg as, Peg as, as the junkyard guy. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I, I totally see what you're saying, Matthew, that it, it does at times feel like they didn't try too hard but i think it was honestly with that businesswoman it probably came down to there's a lot of money riding on it and all the money was oh like all of the money in all of hollywood was riding on that movie and no no i really could not screw it up you know i would much rather they play it safer than like go nuts and try and do what they did last time you know until rogue one which i'm really worried is going to be safer than i was hoping it's, um, I don't know. I mean, it's okay. Def- tell me, def- Matthew. Tell me your thoughts, because I the My director thoughts. is, is an interesting movie. choice too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's that they chose Gareth Edwards to direct it, who did the remake of Godzilla, which <laughs> I, which I thought was fine. Um, but I mean, and he also made Monsters, which is a really fun little indie monster movie. So if he remade Godzilla, so this new Star Wars Rogue One, um, we're yes, going to be was- hinting at the Star Wars, but we're not going to see the we're Star Wars see in the last five minutes. Of <laughs> but it's film. only going to be for a few seconds, and he's going to be the hero. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're, a lot of people have been talking about this that, you know, there's a ton of rumors that Darth Vader's going to be in the movie. I think he's 100% going to be in it. And of he's course and, he is. And they're probably going to treat him like 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 Godzilla. He treated Godzilla which <laughs> exactly. I think is which I think is a really awesome idea. It'll really bring oh, back the fear and terror that cool. used to surround Darth Vader. Because now exactly. Darth Vader is just kind of, you know, Especially after the prequels, Anakin. he is right. Anakin Yippie Skywalker. Exactly. But, um, we need to bring back this, Scary Vader again. Now this is pod racing. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> that's really I really hope that's the final line in the movie. He's choking out Felicity Jones with the force and just looks at the camera and goes, no, this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I want a camera in every theater across the country to see everyone's reaction to that moment. Start. That you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get sued by that. You'll get sued by that. You can't, you can't do a reaction movie anymore. Oh, that's right. Curse you, Fine Brothers. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, they, they dropped those plans, I think. But anyway, oh, what, I'm, what I'm very excited for is that, well, the teaser, you know, obviously there wasn't a lot to go on, but it seemed like yeah. it had a pretty distinctive tone to it it was felt it felt a lot you know down and dirty and more like a war movie than kind of the you know high fantasy it, swashbuckling of star wars well, it kind of feels like it's going to be a heist movie or like a spy film or something yeah, yeah so that makes fun. me star happy. wars heist <laughs> and and also i'm just really excited because this movie is going to focus on my favorite people in the star wars universe because when i was growing you know everyone growing up watching star wars um, you know, had someone that they wanted to be in the films. You know, I, most people wanted to be Luke Skywalker. The other half of people wanted to be Han Solo. Some people wanted, wanted to be Princess to Leia. Or wanted, wanted to do Han Solo. <laughs> I, yeah, I wanted to be Princess Leia. 
Yeah, and then there are people who want to be Princess Leia. I, I, won't, I don't forget you, Matthew. But, um, be a beautiful Princess Leia, Matthew. Only strong character at the beginning of those films. I mean, yeah. The guys are both, one guy's like, I'm really cool, and if people think I'm sexy, and, and then I'm Luke Skywalker is like, like, I'm scared, and I'm whiny, and I don't like things. And, and poor, I want to commit incest. Poor Kate Fisher just going like, I'm on coke. And then she's just like, can someone get this walking rug out of my way? I know. Coolest she's a character. total badass. Yeah, so everyone, you know, so you have, you know, everyone wanted to be, you know, the smuggler or the force user or the princess, but me and I think Kevin as well, we wanted to be, we wanted to be Wedge Antilles. Wedge Antilles. We wanted to be Wedge Antilles. We wanted to be that guy who appears in the movie for five seconds flying an X-Wing. No, I was always, I was always so into those people off on the side who just got through every battle, not with any like special skills they were born with or anything like that. They just got through on pure nerve and the skin of their teeth. And that's what Rogue One looks like it's going to be about. And I love that. Yeah. Well, because one of my favorite parts of the whole Star Wars franchise and the old ones was in Empire Strikes Back just prior to the AT-AT attack on Hoth. When you see all these guys getting in their trenches and they're all waiting for them to come. And I'm like, I want to know those guys' stories. Yeah. I want to know the stories of those guys in the funny hats sitting in a trench going like, <laughs> those hats are badass. You they are cool. They're pretty okay, fantastic. I, I apologize to the hats. Thank you. I apologize to the yeah, hats. And, it's, and, it's, and that desi- it's that desire to see what those stories like that made, you know, the X-Wing books by uh, Michael A. Stackpole and Aaron Alston so good. And it's what made people oh, love the Star Wars thing. Battlefront video games so much. With the they exception of the new that. one, which was pretty bad. But <laughs> and if they I'm, could just like damn you, EA, <laughs> you well, ruin oh, everything. That's a uh, given. And if they could just throw a wampa in there for me, that'd be great. Just one just, wee wampa. I just want little, wampa just like, goes tap dancing wampa. across the back of the screen. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my good time gal. <laughs> oh my goodness! Did you guys ever see the deleted scenes of the wampa attack on Hoth? Oh god, it's brilliant. The one where C three PO. They're so bad. Oh, it's garbage, and you're so happy got cut, but you have this like part of your brain that's like, I wish that Thank had happened. Thank God for editors. There's like it's a so- comic scene when a stormtrooper gets pulled into a room and gets yep. eaten. And the other stormtrooper is like, uh, nope, and walks off. That stormtrooper's <laughs> reaction is so good. It's, he does, oh, it's he does, so he does a double take, and Darth Vader like then walks kind of behind him, and the stormtrooper's like, uh, and he just kind of uh, walks away. Nope. And doing a do- double take in that giant dome helmet is the best <laughs> yeah. movement I've ever seen. Did you guys talk about how? I'm going to go completely off subject again about how Ray is like good at everything. Yeah, that is another part that actually bothered and me because I love, po I think Daisy Ridley. way too good of a pilot. <laughs> I think Daisy Ridley really carried it and like she sold it. Yeah. But her character, the way it's written. It's a little was one one-sided. Of yeah, it's kind of like you, if you make your character good at everything, oh, it kind of. Are you talking Mary Sue? What is a Mary Sue? Yeah, I hate I that term, really but go ahead, and, go ahead and explain it, Jake. Uh, do you hate it because it's a Star I'm Trek term, or do you hate it because of what it describes? I hate it because of the way it's used a lot of the time. Yeah. It's it's mostly used by people who are just mad that women are good at things in movies. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> understanding, understanding, Jake Martin, that you're a chauvinist pig. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, I usually, it's, it's, I usually it's, hear it's, it's similar, sim- characters, oddly enough. Yeah, that's uh, they call that like Mike Sue or something like that. Gary. <laughs> Gary <laughs> Sue, is that what it is? I don't Gary I'm Sue. not certain. What, you mean every action hero from the 80s? That was all, they were all Gary Sue's. Yeah, but the idea behind, you know, if if someone calls a character Mary Sue, and it's almost always a woman who's the Mary Sue, the idea of it is, you know, oh, they just made her, you know, super good at everything because they wanted, you know, women to be happy with the movie. 
which is a silly oh. concept. But however, the the point still stands though that there, she doesn't really struggle very much in those movies. Well, in in her no, movie I mean, that she's been in, she she has her fear. She has her like the the wanting to stay behind at home and all that. But it's not quite enough. Well, because mine wasn't even yeah, about she, the she, stuff she, she's good she at. Achieves, like, she achieves things too easily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm totally cool with her being great at mechanics and being really smart and knowing a bunch of languages. That doesn't bother me. It's the fact that she has as things force so easily as things happen, it seems like she kind of breezes through stuff and. It would have not to see her struggle, but to see even like a but, moral struggle yeah, or something, struggle. something to get over on a personal level would have been neat. Just losing the lightsaber fight would have been enough. Or maybe even having a harder time giving up this vision she had of her family coming back to her on Jakku or, or yeah. some kind of personal issue to overcome. Because it's, it's the same reason that the beginning of the movie, Bungus, when Finn left the Stormtroopers, is that right. he just overcame it like that. Like, whoop-de-doo, I'm off to play. Yeah. And it's like, well, that wasn't very interesting. In Luke and the other films, oh, he took forever to get over his nothing. issues, and we can see the personal growth happening. Well, Luke Skywalker was just, just two and a half it was movies to not be obnoxious. That's true. And <laughs> also, he missed a lot of shots while... Uh, and also, anybody who says it was ridiculous that uh, that Kylo should have have won that fight at the end, I'm sorry. Did you see what what Chewie's bowcaster did I was, to those I was other? About to, I was about to bring that whole like, bit up. He just took a damn knee and then like punched himself in the ribs and was like, "No, I'm good. Let's keep going." And then he was fighting two people who were completely fresh, uninjured. And he takes how many swipes by a lightsaber and is still like, no, man, I'm good. I'm still going. Yeah, and like, I, and like, I didn't think, come on. I didn't think it lessened the villain in any way, no. especially because they, 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 oh, go. Uh, I did giggle a bit how he kept hitting his side that way. I was like, yeah, pump yeah, that was up. a little weird. It was kind like, of like a, <laughs> it was like kind of like better. a battle. Like he's revving himself up. Like, he's hey, look, it doesn't hurt. Really and it was also like an intimidation thing. Yeah. At first, the, the first use. like couple of times he did, I was like, "Is he trying to like knock his armor back into place? Is he okay? Does he need to take a second to adjust his wardrobe?" <laughs> no, I got it immediately. He, it's these damage he's trying to like stay alive. He's trying to keep himself awake, kind of like slapping yeah. himself while you yeah. drive. Well, because I mean, and and they did. He's, he's amping. It was subtle, up. but throughout the movie, they they kept setting up. Hey guys, the bowcaster that Wookie, that Chewie has, it's it'll kill your strong. ass. It will knock. It will send you flying through the air. Like, <laughs> Which they also just wanted to use those great visual effects of when oh, they yeah. got shot with a bowcaster. So and I think they were just trying to set up the fact that if you do get hit by this, you die. Yeah. And Han Solo snark about it. And yeah. he's adorable. Because I love you, Harrison. Even though, yeah, I do think that, you know, Kylo Ren needed to, like, he couldn't just, like, completely, like, destroy no. Rey. But I, I do think Rey beat him a little too easily, though. Like, to the, like beating him to the point where it took a deus ex uh, groundbreaking apart <laughs> yeah. to save him from dying. It's like, that was a little much. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> felt like she was going over to the dark side, but it's it's so difficult to tell. There, That's what I like, thought. She's channeling the dark side, kind of. <sighs> yes, like, and that happened. would have been interesting. And I, I think that's actually it, what they're going to do with it. And maybe they did. Yeah, I do. I think they're going to do so. more of that. Because here's the Jedi. Th- I'm feeling that. I'm feeling like that yeah. where uh, Luke is just pounding on Darth Vader and he eventually knocks his arm off. That exactly. was, that was like what I was feeling with that fight. It's and like Jake, she's that- channeling the dark side. That's a great thing to look at because there's a theme in every single Star Wars movie. Um, And if anybody gets a chance, there's a great radio show called Star Wonks. They talk about the the structure of Star Wars. But there's a theme that the Force, to be truly proficient in the Force, the way you actually, like, win in Star Wars is by being passive. 
whenever a hero surrenders, that he wins in the Star Wars universe. In A New Hope, he gives over his control of his life to the Force and fires the proton torpedoes and bada boom. Um, and when he though. tries to make action in, in, in Empire Strikes Back, he puts everyone at risk. And in Return of the Jedi, he doesn't win until he allows himself to lose to the Emperor. And so I think if J.J. had been paying attention to the old films, then what happened at the end of this movie was not her using the Force in the way that it's supposed to be used. It was oh, no. her using she it as a to weapon. The dark side. Yeah, she used it as... Now, I mean, George Lucas totally butchers that view of the Force in the prequels. Um, but if he's being true to the original, then it would be so interesting to see her... I was thinking about the prequels. I was thinking about uh, the Duel of Fates. I was thinking about... Uh... Yeah. Qui-Gon getting down on his knees in the, oh, what is that, the force field chamber thing? I forget exactly what yes, that is. Yes, yes. <gasps> right? Oh, I forgot that. And he that. sits and meditates. Yeah, and then Obi-Wan is hanging on for dear life, just kind of chilling there, and he's kind he's just letting things go, and he's taking it in. And I, I'd say it's still kind of consistent there. I understand no, I that think you're right. I, I, he does slice through Darth Maul, but I feel like that's after, like, because he's like meditating, he's taking it all in. He's got it. He's, and then he yeah, just, he's giving right. it over to the. That was a Phantom Menace. Good job, Phantom Menace. I will film. here yeah. as though I though I still think Phantom Menace is an extremely boring and not very good movie. Mm. It, it was it the last. Moments. It was the last movie to still kind of cling to a lot of ways the old ways of Star Wars. That's the movie. Yeah. It still yeah. used. It still used a lot of practical effects and sets. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's still, That's why it, it was it, the it best did feel one like it did feel like a I don't think so. Well, it did, it did would, feel like a Star Wars movie still to a degree. It I just know. was a bad one. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Laurel. I'm in agreement. Laurel is correct here. Matthew, you're wrong. <laughs> We're done. Boom. We're oh, done. Podcasting. Oh, which, which Matthew? That's been podcast. All of them. They hate all of them. I, I think Revenge of the Sith is definitely the best of the prequels. I mean, yeah. Okay, except for uh, all the bitching and the all whining the and the diplomacy. Guys, all the let's just let's say let's Hayden Christensen just kills. It's just everything. It's not kills everything. Hey, I'll give him a break him. because he had very awful lines to work. Oh, with. he had the worst lines. <laughs> well, that's Terrible. true. That's that's the thing is you feel so bad because how do you act around these? Like even Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman, who we can all say she's her. great. Yeah. She, she, the the stuff that she has to say, you're like, I'm you're so, like, why? I'm so sorry. Why did it? Padme, such a loser You're breaking character. my heart. Heart. I feel like Ewan McGregor was the one person who like kind of pulled it off, but even he is no, just spouting garbage. No, but he annoyed me too, and I love Ewan McGregor, and he bothered me so much too. <sighs> Sorry, I just, just thinking about those movies like really made me sad again, guys. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. I think we need to watch some some new Star Wars. My comment on the subject is this: I don't Thank, like yeah. sand. <laughs> it's coarse and it gets and rough everywhere. and irritating and it gets oh my everywhere God. and it's in six of the we seven don't I mean, want to hear about your butt rash Anakin <laughs> <laughs> this is what we get for growing up on a world without toilet paper man <laughs> so so here's so speaking of those movies here's the big question okay. is George Lucas like is he is he a good storyteller no, I honestly uh, feel like the first few movies were like an accident. <laughs> he's a good like, concept artist. There you go. There yeah, you go. I think. Yeah. I think he made one good movie. Or I, I think he's made he two. Made American Graffiti is really good. Yeah, I was about to say American yeah. Graffiti. He made one good that. movie in Star Wars, and then 
he got a fat neck and a fat head. That's I yeah. Think that's well, and he oh and no, that's, that's he, the, he, the original he trilogy that was all the work James. of uh, Steven Spielberg anyway. So if I, if I recall correctly, Lucas was basically he came up with the idea and was an advisor, but didn't really write that much of the first three. The original yeah, trilogy, but, I mean, I know that he, I'm trying, like, of, you know, of course, it's all, like, anecdotal, of course. I know he virtually directed the Return of the Jedi as well. Yeah. Because Richard Marquand was uh, having trouble keeping a, uh, keeping everything under control because that movie was a <laughs> kind of a bloated mess. Well, I guess, I mean, with George Lucas, I can say, like, I'm thankful that he really wanted to make a, um, oh, shoot, what is it called? Because the original Star Wars was not first conceived as a Star Wars movie. He was trying mm-hmm. to make was, a, a remake of... Else. Uh, a Tale of Two Cities? There, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, Hero of a Thousand... No, that's the Joseph no, Campbell book. even less cool. Uh, oh, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Yeah, he, was just, he wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, and he couldn't get the rights to it. And so I'm so anyway. happy. <laughs> but he made it anyway and just, like, changed some things. And, and I feel like the first Star Wars is just the perfect amalgamation of one guy's desperation to make a movie, and thank you, he had it. And he had good ideas, but he also had a great team. But he had, I was going to say, he had good artists around him who... He had an amazing... I feel like he yeah. leaned on a lot, well, yeah, Star, you know? yeah, Star Wars, he, had, he had people Star Wars, who were willing to tell him no. Yeah, exactly. Star, the original trilogy is a testament to collaborative filmmaking. Like, maybe more than any other, like, series of movies ever. Those, those yeah. movies don't work if everyone involved isn't doing their job to the best of their ability. Right, right. And I think maybe what happened with the prequels is the fact is that he got too much power and he got too much creative license with it. You can't say no to him because they were his babies in the first place. And so he was just like, well, come hell or high water, I'm going to do what I want. And then they were And you can feel it. It's it's kind of the same vibe I I get while watching a Shyamalan movie. I will say one very good thing about the prequels, something that I grudgingly admire them for, is that... George Lucas basically used them as, you know, as tech demos for some technology that movies had never tried oh, to use yeah, before. Totally. Like, ep- like out, att- att- Attack like, of the Clones Whoa. is one of the most, from like a special effects standpoint, one of the most influential movies ever made. No movie There's a had lot ever, of development that came after yeah, that. Yeah, like the technology to, you know, have that many extra, you know, CGI extras on screen yeah. at once was impossible before that movie. And, and when it first came out, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, and then Lord of the Rings picked up that technology and used it to make three of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> Something yeah. else, another bit Ugh. of technology from the prequels that is very interesting to look at is that they're some of the first movies to play with um, morphing multiple takes together into one take. So if you watch huh. um if you watch Revenge of the Sith, uh, they developed they de- they developed this uh software that was able to take uh like two takes from the same angle and you know if there's a part of the take that you know the editor likes part of a take but he likes like the second right. half of a yeah. different take better, this technology will actually morph it so that they look like one seamless take. So if you wow. watch um if you watch like the scene in Revenge of the Sith where Emperor Palpatine and Anakin are watching that like weird like squid squid opera. Yes. Squid opera. I thought that was interpreted. The bubbles, dance. The gigantic bubbles. Yeah, if you're if you're looking really carefully, you'll see that you'll see like you're talking Anakin's, about my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, you, you'll see you'll see Anakin's face actually like morph a little bit during some takes a little bit if you look really <laughs> carefully. And that's it's, because and that's because of this, thing. yeah, it's because of this software that was able to meld different takes together. 
Whether Are that's we sure good that practice actually isn't a fairy shapeshifter. I think he's a lizard person personally. But whether that's, you know, good practice as an editor <laughs> to do that, the fact that, that technology exists is pretty cool. God warriors, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give the prequels that. They they drove movie technology forward. So and right. if and if George hadn't cut his teeth on those and kind of revealed to other filmmakers how to not what use it do. properly. <laughs> like, that's you know, a good point. Then, you know, then Lord of the Rings may have made the same mistakes that George did on it. Yeah. Of course, Peter Jackson became so obsessed with the technology that, that he, then, he, he then went and made the blew mistakes. his load and did the exact same thing. Well, he was also, I think he also did not want to direct. The no. new, the oh, Hobbit. he didn't at all. Oh, no, even no, a little no. bit. He did not want to hike around and do stuff. So I'm going to stay in my green screen room. And I would have been so fascinated. If I don't Guillermo blame him at all because I'm really interested to see how that would have come. Out. That's a huge time commitment to jump right back into. I don't blame oh, him. Guillermo del, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. That that's one of the biggest what could have been's ever. I know he, oh, it could have been with any Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh. I feel the same way. It could be the best crazy thing ever or the worst crazy thing ever, but it's gonna be crazy. So I yeah. want to see it. <sighs> Everything should be so so by so so, del Toro. so so back to Star. Oh, I want Guillermo del Toro to direct a Star yeah. Wars movie. But um, <laughs> direct my life. Oh my god. Matthew. Oh, excuse me, guys. Everybody just, pants. yeah, everybody just got a little too excited there. <laughs> let's all let's all settle down. Get some. So, guys, I think Dry off. I think I we've, uh, we've basically run the gamut of Star Wars discussion. Uh, Matthew, what questions should we end the day on? Um, oh. Are we are we excited for the future of the Star Wars films? Very, very. Yes. No. Um, oh, I have, Matthew. I was gonna make no, that. I knew Matthew was gonna say that. So Matthew, what do you feel like is missing going into it? Like what 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 could happen to make you excited about Star Wars again? Ooh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> Three boobs. More metal bikinis. Rate uh, score. Okay, I, I will admit that would be appealing, but that's <laughs> again very appealing. That is not what I go to Star Wars for. True. I go to Star Wars for this belief in right and wrong and how the good guys are absolutely going to be fighting against it. And they want to go there and they want to help everyone. And these guys just seem so wishy-washy about the whole thing the entire time. We have a stormtrooper that wants to run away. We have a girl who's offered a lightsaber and she just gets out and runs away to the forest. Like she's Dorothy Gale or something. Well, that's a but, point. But that he has a point that I actually have not thought about. Is that one thing that is difficult? Is that Star Wars? What was so fun about actually, it, but also unreal think, about it, was that it was good and bad. It was dark and light, and yep. that's difficult to do nowadays. Everything is gray. Everyone likes gray. No one seems to like black and white. And that's why we decided to make Superman all interesting and stuff. And oh yes. god, I don't mind gray. Gray makes for great. Gray makes for a great story, but that's not what Star Wars is. There we go. You know, I gotta agree our, our our Grand Maester of Star Wars has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it's an interesting I talking like the point. Matthew Johnson definitely is the. If we had like Grand Maesters about like Star Wars lore, he would be the Grand Maester of this group. Well, for me, right. so, uh, I, what, what would my chain be like? Uh, plastic? Durasteel? Durasteel. <laughs> there you go. Durasteel. Ma- maybe transparasteel. Oh, quick. Every- yeah, I was about to say, everyone, name your favorite made-up like material in the Star Wars Extended Universe. Fiber blades! They're so cool! 
Yeah, Vibro. Oh, God, I, want I was, was going to say either Vibro Blades or Transparent Steel because that's yes! just the silliest concept I ever. I do love Transparent Steel. It's Transparent Steel. Well, to be fair, I mean, you remember in, uh, in Star Trek how they had transparent aluminum? That's a thing. We call oh, it Transpaluminum? <laughs> transparent aluminum. It's called a ruby. Ooh. I didn't know that. Oh, is that what, I did not know that. Is that what a ruby science. is? Rubies are uh, chemically, they have a lot of aluminum in them. They're pretty much transparent aluminum in a crystal form. I don't think they're particularly strong, if I can recall, but it could be done. So if you guys thought you weren't going to learn something on this podcast, you were wrong. There you go. I like spice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you would would like spice. Yeah. You disgust me. Are you gonna run the, you're gonna go run the you gonna go run the Kessel Run in however many parsecs, which no, I got a, distracted in the second parsec because I decided to go snort a bunch of spice. I actually have no idea how to take spice. Um, yeah, you're supposed to eat it. You, you, eat, you spice? eat it. You, you hold it up to the light; it activates, and then you eat it. Can you inject spice? Yes. Is yes. it a bad is it a bad idea to inject spice? I think it is because it's, it's still kind of in a fibrous form. Oh God! <laughs> It'd be very think, Guys, think, I found out think. that my 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 Bothan character in my D and D get my Star Wars Roll Twenty game has died from probably the amount of spice I injected. Yes. From spice <laughs> to, be, to, be fair, it. to be fair, snorting it would be a bad idea too because I think you'd get a what's the disease called when you breathe in asbestos all the time? Face madness. Oh. Face madness. Face, ma- Face, Face madness. madness. Death. <laughs> <laughs> Lancer, we're all so knowledgeable. (laughs) Guys, the science just died. All right, Matthew, take it away. (laughs) Lady and gentlemen, thank you so much. That was so much fun. And I I was about to to say, may the force be with you, but that felt really corny. Yeah, no, that would be really bad. Instead, we should probably say And also with you. Matthew, good luck editing this podcast. Thank you so much. Mr. Percival, Mr. Percival, Mrs. Percival, Matthew. Mr. Martin. Mr. Johnson. Mr. Percival. Mr. Johnson. Good night, Elvis.